Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Romans 8 is the Holy Spirit chapter in the book of Romans. The Holy Spirit is spoken of more in Romans 8 than all the rest of Romans put together. No other chapter speaks so much about the Holy Spirit than Romans 8, which means that Romans 8 is the heart of God. Romans 9 is the heart throb of God. And so Paul tells us that he has a real passion for souls. And he makes four statements in this Romans 9.1 here where he gives us these four reasons why he has a real passion for soul, why anybody who has a real passion for soul will have this as well. See, many people say that they have a passion for souls. Many people say, I have a passion for soul. They're liars because they don't have a real passion for souls. See, in these four statements in Romans 9.1, Paul explains what it means to have a real passion for souls. And these four statements in Romans 9.1 are simply in the words, the truth, first, in Christ, second, my conscience also bearing me witness, third, and in the Holy Ghost, fourth. Now, let's consider these. First, the truth. Paul says that he has a real passion for souls because he says in verse one that it is the truth. He said, I say the truth, I lie not. I say the truth in Romans 9.1 means that he's telling the truth. Just like the song said, I'm just telling the truth <laughs> about having a passion for lost souls. I say the truth in Christ in Romans 9.1 means he's not lying about having a passion for souls. I say the truth in Romans 9.1 means that he's not faking a passion for souls. He's not pretending to have a passion for souls. I say the truth in Romans 9.1 means that Boaz had a real passion for souls. He didn't have a fake passion for souls. He wasn't pretending to have a passion for souls. He had a true passion for souls. Second, in Christ. In Christ, Paul says he has a real passion for souls because in verse one, he said, in Christ which means that the closer he gets to Christ, the stronger is Paul's passion for souls. I speak the truth in Christ. In Christ, in Romans 9.1, means that I am in Christ, and therefore I have a passion for souls. See, in Christ, in Romans 9.1, means that if a person is really in Christ, then he will have a passion for souls. See, in Christ, in Romans 9.1, means that if a person does not have a passion for souls, then it's time for that person to ask the question, am I really in Christ? Am I really in Christ? God knows everyone's heart here today. But if there is a lost person today, you know the most wonderful thing can be? This can be the last day of being lost. It can be. 
Today can be the last day of being lost and the first day of being found or saved. It can be. In Christ, in Romans 9.1, means that no one can be in Christ or be a real Christian without a passion for lost souls. In Christ, in Romans 9.1, means that if any of us here today does not have a real passion for souls, then it's time to ask the question, am I really in Christ? I mean, when was the last time I spoke to a lost soul trying to win them for the Savior? Am I really in Christ? See, in Christ, in Romans 9.1, means that the closer Boaz got to Jehovah Jesus, the more Boaz had a passion for souls. Third, he says, my conscience. He speaks about his conscience. He says, my conscience also bearing me witness. See, Paul says he has a real passion for souls because that passion originates in the conscience. My conscience also bearing me witness in Romans 9.1 means that he feels responsible in his conscience to have a passion for souls. See, my conscience also bearing me witness in Romans 9.1 means that he feels guilty in his conscience if he does not have a passion for souls. See, my conscience also bearing me witness in Romans 9.1 means that a true Christian feels responsible in his conscience to win souls for his Savior, to win souls that he encounters every day for his Savior. All men have a guilty conscience if they lie, cheat, steal, or murder. But only a true Christian has a guilty conscience if he does not have a passion for souls that drives him to seek to win the loss for his Savior. My conscience also bearing me witness in Romans 9.1 means that a true Christian feels guilty if he has not tried to win souls that he encounters for the Lord. See, my conscience also bearing me witness in Romans 9.1 means that Boaz felt responsible in his conscience to have a passion for lost Ruth. See, my conscience also bearing me witness in Romans 9.1 means that Boaz felt guilty if he didn't have a passion for souls. Fourth, in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. Paul says that he has a real passion for souls because the Holy Ghost makes real to him the desperate condition of the lost. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost in Romans 9.1 means that the Holy Spirit witnesses with our conscience what's going on in the heart of God. See, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost in Romans 9.1 means that the Holy Spirit makes us know in our spirit what's going on in the heart of God. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost in Romans 9.1 means that the Holy Spirit makes sure that the heart throbs of God are felt in us. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost in Romans 9.1 means that the Holy Spirit makes sure that our concern for the lost is not a cold theological doctrine, but it's a deep passion that rocks us to the core making the desperate condition of the lost real. And that's what he does. That was so important for General Booth, who founded the Salvation Army, that he said for his candidates that he was training, I wish I could send all of my candidates to hell for 24 hours. That would make them qualified to preach the gospel. 
because then they would have a real concern for the lost. See, my conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost in Romans 9.1 means that the Holy Spirit made sure that the heart throbs of God for the lost Jewish people were felt in the heart of Paul. See, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost in Romans 9.1 means that the Holy Spirit made sure that the heart throb of God for lost Ruth was felt in the heart of Boaz. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost in Romans 9.1 means that the Holy Spirit makes sure that the heart throbs of God for the lost are felt in our hearts. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost in Romans 9.1 means that the Holy Spirit made sure that the heart throbs of God for Ruth's desperate condition were felt by Boaz. And the Holy Spirit made sure that Ruth's desperate condition rocked Boaz to his core. That's what it means to have a real passion for souls. A real passion for souls. That's what it means for Boaz to have a real passion for souls. But Boaz not only had a real passion for souls, when you look there at the next verse in Romans 9, verse 2, Paul said that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. Speaking of the heaviness, speaking of the sorrow in his heart, Paul uses these words, great and continual. See, those words, great and continual, in Romans 9, 2, they mean that the heaviness that he was feeling, the sorrow that he was feeling for the lost Jewish people, it was not stagnant. Those words, great and continual, in Romans 9, 2, means that the heaviness and the sorrow for the lost Jewish people was growing with time in Paul. Those words, great and continual, in Romans 9.2, means that the heaviness and the sorrow for the lost Jewish people was increasing in intensity. That I have great heaviness and sorrow in my heart, in Romans 9.2, means that the intensity of the heaviness and the sorrow was increasing, and the, this intensity was increasing for the Jewish people. So that finally, Paul could say, I can't stand it any longer. It's reached its crescendo, in Romans 9.3. I could wish myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. See, the intensity of the heaviness and the sorrow had become so great that Paul just couldn't take it any longer. And he finally just says something that's impossible, but he says, I'm ready right now to go to hell for them if it meant they can go to heaven. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart in Romans 9.2 means that every day the weight of concern grew heavier and heavier, and heavier, and heavier. Who doesn't read these words in Romans 9-2 and not feel guilty? I mean, so often the experience is just the opposite. You know, when we're saved, first saved, there's a concern for the lost. But as time goes on, the weight of concern, it doesn't grow heavier and heavier and heavier. It gets lighter and lighter and lighter. Till finally we encounter Calvinistic fatalism, and it comes along and says, don't feel the weight of concern for the lost because there's nothing you can do for the lost. I mean, which lost are going to be saved? Has it's all been fatalistically predetermined. You have no effect. That view will poison a passion for the lost. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart in Romans 9.2 means an intense passion for souls that increases in intensity with the weight of concern that grows heavier and heavier and heavier that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart 
in Romans 9.2 means that God wants to make our passion for souls to increase in intensity. I have great heaviness, continual sorrow in my heart. And Romans 9.2 means that God makes a Christian's passion for souls increase in intensity. It means that if a person does not have a passion for souls that's increasing intensity, it's time to ask, why not? Because that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart in Romans 9.2 means that to be close to God is to experience God making a passion for souls to be increasing in intensity. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart in Romans 9.2 means that God made Boaz's passion for soul to be increasing in intensity. Boaz was a man of intense passion for souls. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart in Romans 9.2 means that from the word continual, it means it was not spasmodic. It means it was not occasional, but it was continual. An intense passion for souls is always a heartthrob of continual sorrow for the lost. An intense passion for souls is a continual anguish of the heart for the lost. An intense passion for souls is a continual heartbreak to the point of tears. Paul said in Acts 20, 31, therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. The Lord Jesus Christ, he had tears. In Hebrews 5, 7, it says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication, was strong crying and tears. See, General Booth, I mentioned him already. General Booth, he founded the Salvation Army. He wept his way into the hearts of people. And one time, one of his captains wrote him, and he said that no one was responding And he said he was having no success. In fact, he sent him a telegram. He says, I'm not having any success. Please pray. What should I do? No success. Nobody is responding to winning the loss. And he wrote back a telegram with just two words. Try tears. Try tears. King David said in Psalm 126.6, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. This moves us to ask the question, have you ever wept for your wife? Have you ever wept for your husband? Have you ever wept for that son of yours that's going astray? Have you ever wept for that daughter of yours that's gone astray? Have you ever wept for your brother, your sister, your mother, your father? Have you ever wept for your friends? Do we have a real concern for souls? Has that concern ever driven us to our knees with tears? So we've seen here that was Boaz. Boaz had a true passion for souls because he had a passion for souls that was real and that was intense. Now we come to another aspect of Boaz's true passion for souls. A passion for souls is not true unless it has one aspect to it that can be seen in Romans 9.3. For I could wish myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. This aspect of the passion for souls is found in these words, my brethren, my kinsmen. My brethren, my kinsmen, in Romans 9.3, mean that 
Paul identified with the lost Jewish people. My brethren, my kinsmen, in Romans 9.3, means that Paul did not push them away from him and isolate himself away from them and separate himself from them. Paul did not see himself as distant from them. He still called them, that's my brethren, they're my kinsmen. My brethren, my kinsmen, in Romans 9.3, means that Paul had an identifying passion for souls. Paul identified himself with them. He called them my brethren. He called them my kinsmen. He had a true passion for souls because he had an identifying passion for souls. My brethren, my kinsmen in Romans 9.3 means that for you and I to have a true passion for souls, we must identify with the lost. We must see the lost in Romans 9.3 and say, my brethren, my kinsmen. We must look at them and say, but for the grace of God, there goes I. My brethren, my kinsmen in Romans 9.3 means that we do not look at the lost and push them away and call them, oh, untouchable, unsaved, unbelievers, unlike me. But a true passion for souls makes us identify with them and call them my brethren, my kinsmen, and seek to win them for the Savior. My brethren, my kinsmen in Romans 9.3 means that I know they're blind. I know they're lost. I know they're shameful. I know they're proud. I know they're hard-hearted. I know they're bitter. But in spite of their blindness, in spite of their lostness, in spite of their shame, in spite of their pride, in spite of their hard-heartedness, in spite of their bitterness, I own them. They're my brethren. They're my kinsmen. My brethren, my kinsmen in Romans 9.3 means that with all the blindness, all the bitterness, all the shame, all the pride, all the hard-heartedness, Paul still wraps his arms around them. And he's saying, if you choose to run to hell, it's gonna be with my arms wrapped around your legs because you're my brethren, you're my kinsmen. That's an identifying passion for souls. An identifying passion for souls pulverizes any racism, any prejudice against any people because we see them as my brethren, my kinsmen. My brethren, my kinsmen, Romans 9.3, means that I own them. I identify myself with them. That's an identifying passion for souls. My brethren, my kinsmen, in Romans 9.3, is the reason Boaz looked at an outcast woman named Ruth from an enemy Moabite people who had been cast out for racism and prejudice and called her my daughter in Ruth 2.8. My kinsman, my brethren, my daughter. When Boaz called Ruth my daughter in Ruth 2.8, Boaz was doing nothing less than what Paul was doing in Romans 9.3 when he called the lost people my brethren, lost Jewish people, my brethren, my kinsmen. Boaz called Ruth my daughter. He was displaying an identifying passion for souls. God calls us to have an identifying passion for souls. My brethren, my kinsmen in Romans 9.3 means that if you and I are gonna have a true passion for souls, then you and I will identify with the lost and will say, my, my friend, my brethren, my kinsman, my brother, my sister, own them, identify with them. So we've seen the true passion for souls is real, it's intense, and it's identifying. Boaz had this real passion for souls because he had a passion for soul that was real, intense, and identifying. But there's another aspect to a true passion for souls, and we can see it in Romans 9.3 again. He said, for I could wish of myself were a curse from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. It's these words. 
for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ. I could wish myself were accursed from Christ, and Romans 9.3 means that Paul was willing to go to hell for them. I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ, in Romans 9.3 means that if Paul it was willing to sacrifice his salvation so that they could be saved. I could wish myself were accursed from Christ in Romans 9.3 means that a true passion for souls is always sacrificing. I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ in Romans 9.3 is the reason that Boaz sacrificed his food, his time, the time of his men for Ruth because he had a true passion for souls and he was sacrificing. It cost Boaz. I could wish myself were accursed from Christ in Romans 9.3 means that if you and I are going to have a true passion for souls, it will be a sacrificing passion for souls. It will cost us. I could wish myself were accursed from Christ in Romans 9.3 is the sacrificing passion for souls that we see in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's him. And see him in Romans 2.9. We see Jesus, who by the grace of God should taste death for every man. He tasted death for every man. That's a true sacrifice. That's a true passion for souls because it was a sacrificing passion for souls. There's no such thing as a blessing heart without a bleeding heart. True passion for souls is obtained by getting close to God, to let the Holy Spirit transfer the heartthrob of God for souls to us so that it becomes true, it becomes real, a true fashion for souls it happens by surrendering to God to let the Holy Spirit make the concern for lost souls to become heavier and heavier and heavier. That's an intense passion for souls. By humility to identify with the lost so that a passion for souls becomes true because it's an identifying with the lost. By becoming willing to sacrifice so that a passion for soul becomes True by becoming a sacrificing passion for souls. Paul and Boaz had a true passion for souls. And may we have a true passion for souls by having a passion for souls that is real, that is intense, that is identifying, and that is sacrificing. See, the Lord expressed his passion for souls when he said in, in Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Holy Spirit will make his true passion for souls our true passion for souls. Remember what the Bible school student says? Well, this is Tom Cantor's burden for the Jewish people, but if you come on this outreach, it will become your burden for the Jewish people. So the Holy Spirit will make his true passion for souls our true passion for souls if we allow him to change our hearts, if we allow him to change our wills, if we allow him to change our personalities, only if we're prepared, we're going to pay the price. We're going to give our bodies. We will only talk to people every day to try to win them to the Savior only if we have a true passion for souls, a heartache for souls, a concern for souls. May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day. May his love and power controlling all I do and say, May the word of God dwell richly in my heart from hour to hour, so that all may see I triumph only through his power. May the peace of God my Father rule my life in everything, that I may be calm to comfort, sick and sorrowing. 
May the love of Jesus fill me as the waters fill the sea. Him exalting, self-abasing, that's victory. May I run the race before me, strong and brave to face the foe, looking only unto Jesus as I onward go. And may his beauty rest upon me as I seek the lost to win. And may they forget the channel, seeing only him. Let's pray. Father, we pray, give us a true passion for souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.